The Red 78. I just can't believe you've been positive for three weeks in a row. It must have been something I know, that's so out of your mind. I <laughs> can't believe it myself. I can't believe Available it. every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. Now, obviously, Christmas is approaching, so we are going to have a bit of a festive edition of the podcast this week where we are going to do our mid-season awards where all of us have submitted our nominations to Emma Carroll, who will be the overall judge for each category as to who made the best decisions. Um, But before we get into that and a little bit of general chat about Qatar, we obviously want to address the recent story that came out last week about Vera Pau. Um, it'd been a difficult enough week for Irish football as Vera Pau was named in the final NWSL NWSLPA report into misconduct in the league, referring to her time at Houston Dash, which was just before she joined the Irish team. The report alleged that Pau took part in a culture of weight shaming and attempted to exert control over every aspect of their lives. Now, she has strongly refuted every claim in the report. The report said she didn't cooperate with the investigation at the time but did send a statement in response to what she believed the allegations were against her to the investigating team. She since had a press conference on Friday in which she said that she didn't participate in the investigation as she didn't uh, she wasn't allowed to record the interview with the team herself and and so instead, she opted to provide them with a 13-page written statement. She said, to suggest I would body shame any human being, footballer or not, is an insult to my personal values and to my behaviour as a coach. And I cannot allow this claim to go unchallenged. Now, as well as a press conference, she also gave an exclusive interview to Off the Ball's Nathan Murphy after the press conference, where she explained her certainty that she was not guilty of the misconduct alleged in the report and went into a little bit more detail on her side of things with the investigations team. So you can find that chat on Off The Ball's YouTube channel or wherever you get your normal podcasts, wherever you normally listen to Koi Gig, it will also be there. But Emmy, you were away for a lot of this. You were off in Qatar doing a FIFA Legends game. We talked about a little bit on the show last week, but uh, it looked like you had a pretty good time from everything that I saw on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing experience, I have to say. Um, I've been traveling through the night, so I'm absolutely exhausted right now. Um, But yeah, it was a class experience. I mean, these players are are ridiculous, like just walking around starstruck the whole time. The hotel didn't speak for like four days. I was just like, my mouth, my jaw was like just on the floor, just looking at these players and sitting there having their whatever food like Ronaldo had about like six plates of fruit in front of him every day um it was class and, and the games themselves were were very very good and my knees honestly I haven't kicked a ball in five years and I was like I'm gonna be so bad but you know what I don't care I'm here I'm gonna enjoy it I didn't realize how bad my knees would be the next day. I literally could not walk. And then I was walking around the hotel for the three days later, like very gingerly, like <laughs> people were just walking past me like, are you okay? I'm like, no, 
I'm really not. You were already suffering a little bit before you left, but the few like gym days you had done prior to going. <laughs> it teaches me a lesson though. You can't just go into something. You need to like train and prepare your body. It's still in shock. Um, but my one big worry was my Achilles and it didn't rupture. So happy days. Mm. Who cares? Who cares about the knees? I don't. Well, just to give people a better idea. I not care about knees at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 It's, it's not been a good day for the old knees with the news that uh, Mirama is now out for the World Cup because she's also done her ACL. Emma, we need to know who was sound and who was a bit of a hole. <laughs> Come on. It was the real dirt here. Come on. Let's get down with the goss. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you who definitely was not sound. The players that didn't show up. Oh, oh did some not show up? Oh, there were loads of no-shows. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know why, but all I know is that our team was seriously reduced, which means we had to play every minute of the game. And, you know, when you're playing with lads that basically ha- haven't run like me in five or seven years and don't really want to defend like Stoichkov. Don't ask him to defend. Like, just don't do it. Um, as a goalkeeper, that was not fun. Um, but yeah, he didn't turn up. Peter Schmeichel did not turn up and I was kind of like <laughs> really hoping he would. Um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of them were very, very sound. A couple of them weren't very sound as in they were like giving out Stink to me when I lost the ball, <laughs> and because of the language barriers, I felt I couldn't respond the way I wanted to. Um, yeah, but the cheek of them, I'd lose the ball. I only lost the ball a couple of times, and then they go mad at me, and I'm like, they can't even run. Like they, they were like literally walking around the pitch, not defending. I was like, the cheek of them. Anyway, uh, most of them were fairly sound. Uh, it was good fun. Most of them took it. Seriously, serious, like way too competitive. Like they were killing each other. Clarence Seydorf was absolutely destroyed after the first game. So he couldn't play anymore because they absolutely killed him. Um, And it didn't matter if you were a girl or not. No, they were not holding back. They were like, and it was off the wall as well. Imagine 30 minutes of a small sided game asking our lads to run around for 30 minutes is just impossible. And three games, one after the other. So, yeah, it was um, it's a bit of a disaster when it came to that. But uh, in general, just really good fun. He became your FIFA legends bestie in the time you were there. Who did you spend a lot of time with? Um, so, Farah, I was hanging about with Farah Williams a lot because I know Farah. Um, and we were with her entourage of agents and people she had. They were like, where's your people? I was like, at home. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> um, and then, of course, uh, her Rio Ferdinand was was hanging about. Met Robbie Keane over there for a drink as well. Um, you found a bar. Oh, yeah, I found the Irish and I went, oh, there was a bar. That, it was free drink and free food, like, all day, every day. For like, home. I'm so impressed that you're here right now. Listen, I was so well behaved. I think I was just starstruck and I couldn't eat or drink. Like, I couldn't drink cocktails and they were trying to force them down your neck. I was like, no, thanks. I need a war. I need to keep my wits about myself. <laughs> I just love the fact that you felt like you were speechless for multiple days. You were turning down cocktails, like... Although we've never met in person, Emma, I feel like these are all very different to your normal personality traits. <laughs> There's not a transplant on the plane over. 
<laughs> people were coming up to me and going, oh, my mate told me, like, if I want to go on a session, I've got to go with you. And I'm like, who told you that? <laughs> Who's talking? And then I wasn't really drinking. So maybe, I don't know. They thought I was like on antibiotics or something like that. <laughs> and you were obviously at the final as well. What was that experience oh, like? I mean, watching it on the TV, I was practically like, I need to go lie down and like, yeah. I don't know, get some oxygen or something. <laughs> it was incredible. Like it was the best game of football I've ever seen. First of all, ever seen on TV or live. And then just that with the atmosphere, like the the whole section we were in was absolutely rammed with Argentinians. And they're so passionate. Like I spent most of the game filming this one dude, one row in front of us. And he was crying before the game. He was bawling, crying. And I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. And so I was filming all his stuff. Um, and he couldn't watch the penalty, so he, he ran off somewhere else. Um, well, but it's Aguero, you were sitting beside. Yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. But it was just brilliant because the first half for me, I mean, I wanted Argentina, Argentina to win for Messi. Um, and I was like, oh, this is going to be one of those games, isn't it? It's like very boring. It started off, I'm thinking you know, Argentina have scored, they're going to just defend now and and France aren't on it. Their midfield were shocking. I was like, oh. And then it's just second half just kicked off and I proper got into it. I was well into it then. There was a guy with an Irish shirt there. Can you imagine? An Irish guy was sitting right in front of us as well. I was like, who are you supporting? And he was like, Ireland. I was like, okay. I saw a couple of Armagh jerseys, I think. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there was awfully jerseys as well, which seemed very random. Yeah, there was a fella sitting near me with all I could see was O'Neill's on his back. And um he was obviously from Ireland. I was taking pictures of him. He looked famous. I was taking pictures of him. I was sending him back uh, on my group chat with my friends here. And they were like, we need to see his front because we can't see his back with O'Neill's. I was like, oh, yeah, fair enough. Well, I'm not going around there taking a picture of him. But yeah, there's a few Irish people there, which was cool. Getting to the stadium was a nightmare. Like we could probably have walked, um, but we had to get on the coach and it took us like an hour and a half. So we missed the opening ceremony, which was a bit of a downer. Um, But apart from that, everything ran really nicely. I was very impressed. Glad you had the experience. Yeah. And they were just partying, partying. Even when I was leaving the hotel this morning, like they were still like in the hotel, like going crazy, just bit devastated to be leaving it to be honest but I'm back here very happy to be back here in Leek Slip you had to be with us why on earth would you all be partying with Argentinian fans and like the Ronaldo event to their like history that. in 30 plus years <laughs> come on <laughs> we're a delightful company in the whole thing well no it does sound like a pretty insane experience I mean when you put up the screenshot of all the FIFA Legends teams and who was on each one how did you do in the match Lily? like how did your team do did you win anything or <laughs> So we did really well in the first game, really well in the first game. And then we started losing in the second and literally everyone just gave up. Like everyone was like, oh, that's it. We've lost. So for like 24 minutes of the game, I was just getting pelted with the ball. Bearing in mind, my knees had already doubled in size and I was extremely tired. Um, So I was getting a little bit ratty. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was good. A lot of our players got injured. This is a problem as well. <laughs> Everyone was just getting injured. Like one, one, there were three injuries in the first game that had to go to hospital. 
So that kind of freaked me out a little bit. I'm thinking, I want to get home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Lily broke her fingers as well. So she was out. Um, but we didn't, I mean, we didn't do great. We didn't qualify for the semis <laughs> because we'd just given up. So um and be better that, for your general fitness in the long run. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, oh, what a shame. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but you know our guys it was our squad was just depleting because people were just getting injured and then they're just like that's it I'm done my 10 minute cameo is over I'm I'm going on the lash type of thing yeah well Emma we were very happy that you managed to get back in one piece and that you're here to record with us and what is a brilliant way to welcome you back from Qatar um we obviously will have our awards coming up next at Emma Carroll um, but first, we just wanted to remind you of the competition we are running. Thanks to our partners at Cadbury, we're supporting Irish women's grassroots football and we are giving away all the net profits from our most recent Cadbury Roadshow in Vicker Street. We're giving you the opportunity to win €1,000 worth of equipment for your local grassroots adult club. For your club to be in the chance to win, contact us with your club details and contact information at the Pod at offtheball.com. Terms and conditions apply. Head over to otbsports.com for more. Now, coming up next, we have our mid-season awards for Emma Carroll. As per usual, we are bringing you our mid-season awards. Uh, so me, Karen and Emma Byrne all submitted our nominations and then Emma Carroll had the pleasure of choosing which one of the three got it right. So just to run through our categories quickly and then I will let Emma take it away. So we have goal of the season so far, moment of the season so far, standout player, you guessed it, so far. And also season surprise, which could be related to quite literally anything that we wanted to. Uh, Emma, were you judging us massively when we submitted our nominations to you? <laughs> um, no, all good nominations. But um, yeah, there was one or two that I thought maybe things I should have probably been given a mention that wasn't. So I will throw those in. <laughs> I feel like that would be only right that you would have your own thoughts on this as well. <laughs> yeah. But do you want to take uh, well, we away? Yeah, we can get going with goal of the season first. Karen gave us a nomination of Viviana Miedema and Ashley Neville versus Leicester as well. So, And then we had Emma Bourne's nomination of Una Bazier against Villa. And I'm hoping I'm getting the, finally starting to get the pronunciation right, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I, um, yeah, so I think we have to go with probably Viv against Britain. I don't know if that's recency boys and all the injury news that you're going to feel sorry for right now, but um, it's just the technique was brilliant. I think. I think it was just because it was individual brilliance and some of the other ones could potentially look at maybe the keeper or something like that, whereas there's not too many other people in the league that could have scored a goal like that with four or five defenders around her. Incredible, wasn't it? The reason why I gave another option is because I knew Karen was going to pick that goal. And I wanted just to say, uh, it's my favourite goal as well. (laughs) When I'm looking at the goals, obviously I'm looking at the keeper. And if I feel like the keeper could have done better, it's difficult for me to pick that particular goal. With Miedema's goal, no keeper would have stopped it. It was in the top corner, brilliant strike. Um, Whereas... With uh, Neville's, I was like, mm. positioning, yeah, a bit slow to get back. Bit slow to get back. Didn't really make an effort there. Um, but obviously it was a great goal. Yeah. And then I had to pick Bajay's goal because it was an absolute rocket. Yeah. 
Do I just bounce all over the place? I don't know if you've been shooting from there, really. But no, but again, you can kind of look at the keeper and say, should. I don't think so. I think it was just too powerful. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But with Medium, it's definitely not. We're looking at the strike. Absolutely class. And the way she just took the touch, and she's no space, and she just finds that little tiny bit of space and puts it top bins. That would be my goal of the season. It yeah. kind of when I was watching it back today, it vaguely reminded me of Mbappe on Sunday where it was just like that one piece of individual brilliance, you know, towards the end where it looked like he was going to give France the lead and he went past like three Argentinian defenders all by himself, managed to, he just didn't manage to get the shot off. It was just taken off his toe. But that's what this goal reminded me of when I was watching it. Like there was no one around her. She had all the work to do. And as you say, like, no one was really getting to that. But no matter how good a goalkeeper you are, if you had actually pulled off the save, you would have been like, oh my God, that was an incredible save. Yeah, no. Yeah. Cl- and the thing with um, Ashley Neville's as well, sometimes I wonder, does everybody have one of them strikes in them? You know, like you see the key, you just have a pop. And I think, you know, you can, there's probably a there's an element of flukiness, but you know, every I think everybody has a decent strike in them that you know that can happen from time to time. Yeah, maybe once in a life. I can't remember Karen ever scoring a goal like that. Mine probably managed <laughs> her own goal like that. Back pass meant for you or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. I'm still going. This is the year, Emma. This is the year. <laughs> And so, Emma, for our second category, what were our nominations? So for player of the season so far, we had nominations by Karen Duggan, Guru Wrighton, Emma Byrne, Erin Cuthbert, and Kathleen McNamee had Bunny Shaw. I was actually quite surprised at this one because I low-key thought that Emma Byrne was going to take it <laughs> the way that she talks about <laughs> Bunny Shaw. <laughs> so I'm quite surprised that it was just me. But like, I do understand that the Erin Cuthbert nomination. Although I have to say, I think Bunny Shaw is going to win the Golden Boot this year. I think she's been incredible. I think I was reading an article with her today where she was saying she didn't actually expect Ellen White to retire in the way she did and that she was thrown into this season in a sort of unexpected form that she had to like build all these partnerships that she had no chance to do. She's already scored more goals, nearly more goals. I think she's eight this year and she had nine and 17 games last year. Um, And we're literally only halfway through the season. And I just think she is going to be the person that at the end of the year, we are like, yes. You. If City can find consistency and if they continue to, See, I think to start the season like they tend to do. This is true, but also I don't think if you're looking at individual players, like even if City lose the consistency, she has been the person that's been consistent for them. And that's even more impressive considering the fact that the team itself has been a bit all over the shop at the start of the season. Obviously, they're on a good run now, but I think she has been very good. She has has been very good, but I actually think she is performing... Above her, what's that expression? Above her, I was going to say station, but exceeding exceeding expectations. That's exactly what makes her a standout player. (laughs) That's like saying that Sam Kerr is bad this year because she like 
performed above expectation of herself last year. Like, that's exactly what you want from a standout player. I don't take that argument at all. I'm saying if I had a choice between the three nominees there, Guru Wrighton gets on my team. You know what? Both of these, I would have a similar argument because, yes, they've been incredible this season, but there are games where they are completely, you know, invalid. They don't get on the ball. They go a little, they hide a little bit. Um, with City, um, I think Bunny's done great, but I don't think she's going to keep that up. I think she's going to drop off it. And when she drops off it, we're going to be talking about maybe someone else coming in there. She mightn't even start. Um, with writing, I think she's brilliant, but I've seen her hide a lot in games and I'm never going to pick a player like that. I do like her. Yeah, a little bit. Champions League, being off it a bit. Um, I do sell, Emma. Come on, keep to the script. <laughs> yourself. Even in some of the games, I just think... You know, against City there um, at home, I, th- I thought she was poor. You know, in the big games as well. She wouldn't be a player I'd be that afraid of to play against, basically. But Erin Cuthbert, for me, I just think her work rate, um, her, you know, she's played in loads of different positions last season. She's come in, she's got the position she wants to play in this season. And I think she's paying that back. And I just think her work rate and her level of involvement. And I just love the fact she's like a little Jack Russell in there. I love those players. But see, for me as well, she's not like a standout player. Like it's exactly what I expect from Erin Cuthbert is what she's doing. And her performances have been excellent, but have they stood out as something different or as something impressive compared to say Bunny Shaw, who's apparently performing above her station, you know? I think then she'd be in the surprise section, wouldn't she? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you could argue for either. (laughs) Well, there's someone that's glaringly missing from your list. And I was kind of going, I was leaning towards Guru writing. I will lean towards Karen. And then I was like, do you know what? Rachel Daly hasn't been mentioned here. And from a purely importance and impact person to like really give a club a push on and exactly what they needed. I think Rachel Daly definitely is in with a shout. She is a classic Emma Carroll. They're very mid-table. I was going to say to use a classic Emma Carroll phrase, she was on my bench when I was doing this list. Like when I had a a long (laughs) list of players, she was there. But like Karen said, it was just the general level of the team. And I think Rachel Daly has come into the league and done exactly what we expected her to do. And if she was in a higher level team, would she be doing it as a fan? But I think if she wasn't at Villa, Villa would be majorly struggling. And I think she's the reason for them to be where they are, which is probably pretty much safe and, you know, maybe even pushing for a sixth place finish. She's definitely a standout player for Villa. (laughs) (laughs) The whole league, though. I mean, again, if I see a player that doesn't control the game or, you know, again, against United and Old Trafford. She wasn't in the game. She wasn't dangerous. And I know that's because she wasn't getting the service or whatever. Um, But I look at that game, major game, top of the table. You know, if if they beat United, it's it's a massive three points for them. So those are the players that you're looking for. Um, And for me, didn't really impress. So... 
Again, I understand why you picked her. She's been Villa's only goal scorer, basically, her and Dali. Um, but wouldn't have been the standout player of the league completely for me. So Emma, in your final decision, did you go with Karen Duggan? No. <laughs> <laughs> I went with my own decision. <laughs> I feel like I can't even argue with that one. <laughs> I was I was tempted, um, but no. <laughs> to sure. sum it up quite quickly, yeah. I like the way the rules of this are just changing in the same way our rules do for team of the week. Being like, <laughs> oh, I want to fit this player in, but their position is pretty stacked. Where else on the pitch can I put them? <laughs> yeah. What did you pick for goal of the season? Miedema. Okay, but you had chosen that originally, had you? I didn't actually choose one one of those goals, but oh, yeah, I would have agreed with Karen and Kathleen oh, on that one. If we haven't changed your mind in two options. <laughs> okay, all right. I would have agreed with that goal, though. No, definitely. Right. Uh, should we move on to moment of the season so far? Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, Karen and Kathleen going with the same moment of the season here, which is really interesting because um, we've got a Manchester United side and an Arsenal side, which is Manchester United beating Arsenal at the Emirates in the dying stages. Mm-hmm. And Emma Byrne has went for the Sissoko scrap, yeah. um, which does appear later on in another category of nominations for surprises. <laughs> from, but, um, That's my um, mom. <laughs> I had it in moment of the season, but then I was struggling for surprise of the season. So I <laughs> My son. Sister was like, "You can't pick that, Emma. That, that was a very aggressive moment." I'm like, "It's a moment of the same. <laughs> what a moment!" Um, but yeah, United beating Arsenal, and as a completely neutral on that standpoint, I felt that Liverpool beating Chelsea on the opening day of the season as well should probably be worth a shout as one of the moments of the season. So neutral, yeah. probably forgot about. Yeah, the neutral <laughs> standpoint between United and Arsenal match yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, the Do reason you want I, to argue your points? I, I understand why you would say Liverpool beating Chelsea because in terms of like a standalone moment, it was pretty epic. But I suppose it's everything that happened with Liverpool since then that kind of, it just made it feel like even more of a, a once-off. Whereas I feel like... That could be really important come to the end of the season. This is true. Um, but I feel like United beating Arsenal was like more important on a number of different fronts in the sense that like obviously it's the first time United have got that kind of major win against one of the top teams. Not only that, they did it in such like spectacular fashion. Like I couldn't even be upset by that last minute Russo goal because I was just like, this is such a good match. Like it has everything that you want in terms of the title race, in terms of Champions League places. It's going to have such a massive impact. And I do think it's the the moment where United shifted a little bit in maybe their own psyche and other people's psyche in terms of like, okay, no, 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 this isn't the United that we've seen years before. Okay, yeah, they lost to Chelsea, but they've still managed to come back and get the win that they want. So they're they're on the right path. Um, so that was why I went with it for moment of the season so far. Yeah, it is a good one thinking back now <laughs> I don't know so <laughs> in my head like the first thing I thought about but yeah that was a great that was a great moment and when uh, Russo ran towards the fans the United fans as the well it was unreal that day yeah, yeah. it was incredible mm-hmm. and it was a great house 
It was a great header. She got in between about four people um, and bulleted home. But I think it was really because United lost their lead and still and didn't crumble. Whereas in previous years, I think Arsenal would have kicked on. But all in those dying stages, it was all United. And they were down at the United end and you could hear the, what was it, like 30, 40,000 people that were at that game. That could be another moment of the season or surprise of the season. I don't know if it's a surprise, but the attendances have gone up like 200% or something, which is brilliant and has added to the atmosphere. But that was definitely the game of the season so far. And so that's why I kind of went for it as a moment of the season. Yeah. No, I think we're all probably in, in agreement on that one. I did just want to mention the Liverpool match, but no, like purely from the points that you've said, like, you know, it finally beaten the top three, such an important moment for the title race and having away fans as well, which is not really a thing in the WSL. So having that whole section to create that atmosphere. Um, yeah, I think that's the moment of the season so far. Agreed. Great. Yay, we agree on one. <laughs> <laughs> The surprise of the season so far. So <laughs> this is Hoko Scrap, as we've already mentioned from Karen. Um, Kathleen has went with ACL injuries and Emma has mentioned Jess Park as her surprise package. I like that we've all gone for three like very different themes on this. Very different. Really know. <laughs> it's a surprise. That's the yeah. name. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, you don't see you don't see enough proper scraps these days in football. So I was like, oh, there she is. And oh, she's going back for a second slap. So I was a bit like, I'm surprised she only got a two match back. <laughs> There's a lot of surprises going on. Yeah. <laughs> didn't get sent off as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that was just crazy. I was looking back on it again today. And the more I look at it, the more I'm like, how does Sarah Malin not get sent off? Because she actually went for Sissoko. Sissoko was backing off and Mailing was going towards her. I mean, it would be a natural reaction. I mean, it's not. Well, maybe for the first slap at the second. <laughs> <laughs> arm looks proper long. It was like, gadget arm. Long reach. Oh. <laughs> But I thought it was interesting. I was listening to Counterpressed today when I was on my way home, which is like the Athletics WSL podcast, and they have Kate Longhurst on it. And she was saying that uh, after Sissoko scored at the weekend, the rest of the team just couldn't stop laughing because they were like, this is so ridiculous. Just come back off a lengthy ban. You score this goal. And they were like trying to get themselves back into the moment to, you know, we, we have to play the rest of this game. We need to cop on. And she was like, we literally just would look at each other on the pitch and burst into <laughs> laughter. And like the coaches were all on the side of the pitch being like, come on, get yourselves together. I think you'd react like that mostly if you see your center half breaking from a corner and then going for the chip over the keeper, even though the keeper wasn't even down. It was audacious. But well, she's a character. We want characters. It makes it interesting. Rater as well. I think she's quality. Yeah. Uh, I went with ACLs just because of today's news with the fact that Miedema is now out. We've already lost Beth Mead. I was like, I was listing off all the players I could think of in my head that not just in the WSL, to be fair, but like across leagues that are now out. And I was like, you could easily say 70% of like the top players in the world right now are out with ACL injuries. And the fact that this is just like, it just keeps happening. It's keep rolling on. I don't really know what anyone is actually doing to stop it. Obviously, we had our episode about ACL injuries, which people can listen back to if they want. It's in all the places you normally get your podcast with a little plug. Um, but 
the fact that this is still happening, we're still losing major players, not just for this season, we're losing them as well for like the World Cup next year. It's just, I just think it's so bad. And it's and it's not even the worst in like the higher clubs because you, you know you're Miedema. Like we've possibly seen Miedema in an Arsenal jersey for the last time. And her deal's up in the summer. We don't know if she's going to re-sign a new contract. I know Beth Mead just signed a new contract, so that may entice her to stay for a little bit longer. But, um, you know, we're losing a player of that caliber for nine months minimum. And there's nothing we can do about it. So, yeah, this is more something that just, like, angered me. And I was like, I, I need to have my vent, so I'm going to put it <laughs> as my season surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's incredible, really. The ACL, the list is just growing and growing. Ah, uh, uh, but sure, we'll make them play more games in a cup, in a World Cup uh, competition. That will work. Um, yeah, something definitely needs to be looked at. And I was actually sitting beside a scientist um, in in Qatar, and he was right. He's going to write a book on it. And I was like, "Oh, right, okay." And he was like. Um, it's about that he's a physicist. Have I said that right? And he was like, it's about the dynamics and, you know, it's about the training. And I was like, I know, I know all this, but what, why, why is it happening? Uh, and he's like, oh, I have to do a little bit more research. I was like, but there has to write a book. He's going to need to do a lot more research. <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. I don't know if he was talking about like next year or in 10 years, but it'll be too late. We need to find out now um, whether it's, the the strength and conditioning area or whether it's the I don't know period periodization of training uh, but with this new competition it's certainly not going to help the old knees you not no and the fact that like FIFA Pro were straight on it being like where did this club world cup come out I know they've talked about doing it for women for ages but they're like you told us FIFA you're going to talk about this global calendar to us before you made this announcement and FIFA were just like <laughs> jokes on you guys kind of like Very the nation's awesome. league like you know it was like there was no real discussion. it was muted maybe but it was like just an announcement to come out of blue and yeah it's here yeah yeah too much impact on the knees how do you stop that i don't know don't train that's <laughs> running back to boggy pitches back to what boggy pitches I thought you said body pitches and I was like, what's a body (laughs) pitch? (laughs) I'm going to put a new one on me. (laughs) Um, Emma, you went for Jess Park as your surprise package. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just when she was at City, she was good, but she was never going to play. So, you know, as soon as you hear a player going on loan, you kind of think, I'll just keep them ticking over. And I'd be talking to Jess saying, you know, just, do your best, make sure you're playing mm-hmm. so that when City are looking at you, they'll want to bring you back. And she's just gone way beyond that. I mean, being selected with England as well is a massive, massive boost for her. And I just think in that team, she's just shown her maturity and just her her level. She's just quality. Whether she can keep that consistency up, I don't know, but she's definitely surprised me um, since the start of the season about how she's approached that loan because nobody wants to go on loan. Everyone wants to stay. Like she lives in Manchester. It's difficult for her traveling and things like that. Um, you want to stay at your club and you want to fight for your place. The fact that she left was a big surprise for me. And now the fact that she's kicking on and, and probably one of their best players as well, getting involved with England as well is a great thing for her. So yeah, she's my little surprise. And the winner is, drum roll please, 
this is so cool scrap. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got mentioned across two categories. So exactly. And it's a standout. When you do, when you think, try to think of actually moments across the season or surprises that just stood out and were like, made you sit up and went, huh, what's happening here? It's definitely one of them. <laughs> is that a quick clean sweep for Karen on the awards? I feel like it is. <laughs> Oh, apart from you, I went for Rachel Daly. I went Rachel Daly. It was close. I was close, but then no, I just chose Rachel Daly myself. Close to a queen. <laughs> uh, well, Emma, thank you very much for taking the heat and doing that for us. And best thank of you. luck. Emma is getting married in the next week or so, which is very exciting to have a quick wedding. It's not too late, Emma. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So obviously we're all sending our best to yourself and Mairead for the big day. It's such a nice time of year and some nice news, which we need more of in the world. And the Koi Gig Pod and O2B Sports is in association with Cabri FC, official snack partner to Republic of Ireland women's national team. We will be taking a short break from the podcast, but do not worry as we will be back in early January with a very special episode and as well as all the WSL action once it starts up. And of course we have international camps coming up. We have World Cup prep to do so it is going to be a big year for the podcast but thank you all for listening along so far and we shall see you all very soon the koi gig pod on otb sports in association with cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support